Hi, I'm Josh, and this is the One Word Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to Season 3, Episode 7 of the One Word Podcast, all about leadership. We hope that you tuned in to last week's episode with Nick, talking about leading in relationships. Today, we're going to talk about being a young leader leading while young. And we have a very special guest with us. We've got Charlie Hughes in the house. So we're so pumped to have Charlie. If you don't know who Charlie is, uh, we both are down here in the South Florida area. And Charlie has a massive impact amongst young adults. He leads a ministry called Rally out of Church by the Glades down here, a wonderful church reaching so many people. And his ministry has just been taking off this year. He's been able to have some really, really cool guests be a part of that. And he also travels and preaches as well. So Charlie, thanks for being with us today. Bro, thanks for having me, man. Really excited to be here. We've been trying to make this happen for a minute now. So I'm glad we we finally found a time to make this work. And I just feel honored and blessed to be on the podcast, man. So thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Well, Charlie, thanks for uh, jumping right in. And and to start us off, I want to ask you a question because uh, you've been blessed to be around some world-renowned leaders. And you've even had them be a part of Rally. You know, just like Levi Lusco, Christine Kane, Craig Rochelle, just to name a few. Man, being in the room with some of these leaders, being able to watch them and what they do, what have you learned from them and what have you taken away from them and applied to your leadership? Great question, bro. Apart from just the amazing sermons they preach on stage, I'd say probably the most I've learned from some of the amazing people I've had the chance to be around is more just who they are as people, who they are as leaders is just impacting me. Just getting that opportunity, kind of getting to see who they are off the stage has really blown me away. And like you said, there's been some leaders that I've had the chance to be around and we probably all heard the the cliche saying like, never meet your heroes. I couldn't disagree with that statement more. All all the people that I've looked up to that I've met have been um, just so amazing to me. And I, I consider that just a big blessing in my life to be able to have been around some of the people you've mentioned, um, there, there are a whole bunch of leaders that have made an impact in my life, but just off the people you named, I mean, I could tell you right off the bat, like I think you named Christine Kane first. She's probably the most selfless leader I've ever met. And I think that comes out of how secure she is in herself and in her own calling. Like if you pay attention to her social media, I'm not sure there's anyone else who has a following like she has that is so generous with her following. Like whether it's myself or another young leader, she's always shouting out other leaders like you need to follow this person, listen to their sermon. I don't know many other people that do that. And that's not to say that other people aren't secure in themselves and aren't generous with their platform. I just never seen someone do it as often as she does. So that's been something that's really convicted me as a leader. Like, wow, like even though my platform is a way, way smaller than Christine Kane's, I need to figure out ways to be generous with what God has given me because I believe that purpose and leadership isn't just meant to flow like to you, it's meant to flow through you. Like the blessing God has given you is meant to be a blessing to others. And so that's probably the, the craziest thing, the biggest thing, the most impactful thing I've learned from being around Christine Kane. But then you also mentioned Craig Rochelle. Um, who is probably a, the leader of leaders right now in the church world. He leads Life Church, which is the largest church in North America, if you're not familiar with it. 
He's an amazing preacher. And some people don't know this. I don't know if you know this, actually, Josh, but I, I actually lived with Pastor Craig two summers ago in Oklahoma. His son, Sam, is my best friend in the world. So I worked at Life Church two summers ago. And just watching how Pastor Craig like just lives on a daily basis is one of the craziest things ever because the man is so disciplined. I'm not sure I've ever met a more focused leader in my entire life. I've told people this story before. When I first got to Oklahoma that summer two years ago, Pastor Craig was writing a sermon that he was going to preach at the Global Leadership Summit three months later, which is crazy because this guy writes sermons for a living. He can write a sermon in a week if he wanted to, but because he's so disciplined, he was getting a three-month head start. So just as a young communicator myself, I was like, man, if Craig Rochelle's doing this and he's preached at Hillsong Conference and every giant church you could ever dream of, then Charlie Hughes needs to get a head start on what God has given him to do as well. And Levi Lusco, man, if I could love people like Levi Lusco does, then I think God would be happy with me. That guy is one of the most loving people I've ever met. If I could just share a quick story about Levi, you probably hear people like talk a ask you the question like when you don't when you haven't seen him in a while like man how are you doing and people normally say that just to be polite but when pastor levi asks someone how they're doing he generally means it when i was a teenager like a junior or a senior in high school there was like a span of a few months where i saw pastor levi a couple of times and he lives in montana so that doesn't happen a lot but i saw him like three or four times within a couple of months and every time he saw me he asked how how i was doing and he asked me if i've been reading my bible and I was straight up with them. I was honest with them. I was like, I haven't been. I've been meaning to. It's not that I've been avoiding. I just haven't. It hasn't been on my mind. He asked me this like three or four times over the span of a few months. And by that third or fourth time, he was so fed up with, with my answer of like, no, I haven't been in my Bible. He's like, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to buy you a Bible on Amazon right now. And when I buy you this Bible, it's a big fat study Bible. He's like, you better read it every single day because I'm about to spend like 60 bucks on this Bible for you. So he bought me this Bible and it's completely changed my relationship with God. I'm in the word every day now. And that's all because of the impact that Pastor Levi has had on my life. Because I, I felt like I had accountability now. I was like, well, he bought me this Bible. I have to read it now. So just, just all these different leaders I've had in my life that I feel so blessed to know, they've all been so intentional in different ways, whether it's investing in me or investing in their own ministry or, or investing in their own leadership. Um, that's really impacted me. And it's really convicted me because I think it's Pastor Craig that says like the organization or the team gets better when the leader gets better. And I, I've been able to see that in all these different leaders. I just went off the few that you mentioned, but in all the different leaders in my life, that's that's something that I've been very impacted by and something that I've tried to carry in to my own leadership when it comes to rally or just how I lead myself. Man, that is so cool. Thanks for sharing all that, Charlie. Um, I don't know if you know, but man, Craig Rochelle has probably been the single, his podcast has probably been the single largest influence on our podcast and what Nick and I are doing with this. And I've actually started a book club this year with some of my buddies. It's kind of been like an ad adaptation of our small group. And right now we're going through winning the war in your mind by him. And it's just mm -hmm. been phenomenal. We're doing part four next week to finish it off. And it's been unbelievable. And here's actually a cool story for you that relates to you and your family as well. Uh, my fiance Haley, who you haven't been able to meet yet, uh, her probably her favorite pastor on the planet is Levi Lusco. So every Monday, you know, she listens to his podcast or his most recent sermon. 
you know, whether it's him or Jenny or whatever. And so uh, one Monday she was picking me up from the airport because she lives in um, Indiana and she's listening mm -hmm. and she says, you're not going to believe this. I was listening to the coolest sermon ever. This guy's illustration was cornflakes. And I'm like, I know who that guy is. I'm like, that is Pastor David Hughes from Church by the Glades right by me. And she's like, no way. So I had to tell you that story. Uh, how cool that's, is that, though, man? That's so, amazing. So speaking of, of your dad, and this is an off-the-cuff question, I think that uh, you and I have had uh, similar experiences growing up in South Florida, uh, your dad and my dad both leading large ministries down here, having an impact in the South Florida community, and now both of us being back here. You mentioned going away to Oklahoma for a while and spending time there, but being here and ministering, man, how has that experience been for you, getting to be in the same area where your dad has had such a large influence? It's been great. I think there's no place like South Florida, and I love my time in Oklahoma. I learned a lot while I was there. It was a great experience, but I'm in love with South Florida. And part of it is I, I have a heart for lost and hurting people. In Broward County, where you and I are from, I think the statistic is like 96% of our community is unchurched. And being churched, that 4% is people who attend church three times a year. Like that's the bare minimum to qualify for that 4%. And 96% of our community is not that. So for me, like that's kind of the fun of living in South Florida is that we, we live in an area where it's not necessarily where people are dealing with church hurt or they have hard feelings towards the church. It's more just that church isn't on their mind. So I kind of love the challenge of being down here and trying to get people's attention and trying to tell them about Jesus for the first time. That's probably my favorite thing about doing ministry in South Florida. That's super cool. And man, tell us more about your ministry down here and what you're doing at Rally and uh, that young adult ministry, man. Tell our listeners about your heart for it and uh, what it's like to lead some people that are actually older than you, because you're leading, you have young adults that are coming to that that are actually older in age than you. Tell our listeners about that experience. Yeah, I'd love to. So Rally is the young adult movement of Church by the Glades. We launched Rally in September of 2019, and we had about we meet once a month and we had about six rallies before the world shut down due to COVID. We kind of moved things online and we were just figuring it out as we were going. And then in January of uh, 2021, we launched things back up and it's been going good since then. But it's for 18 to 30 year olds. We meet once a month on a Friday night at 8 p.m. And pretty much it's, it's an outreach event first and foremost. If Christians come, to hang out and meet other Christians, that's cool too. We'd love to have them. But first and foremost, we're trying to reach lost people for Jesus Christ. Mm. And basically what every night looks like is we have worship. Um, I'll preach or someone else will preach, but most of the time it's me. And then we do just a really fun after party afterwards for people to get to know each other and build relationships. And it's just a fun night. It's probably the greatest joy of my life right now. It's challenging, but it's, it's more fun than anything. And I, I love it. And as far as leading people older than me go, um, I would also describe it the same way. It's challenging, but it's fun because I've I've tried not to focus too much on that. Like I'm I'm trying not to focus on oh I'm leading people older than me. Can I do this? Am I qualified? Am I equipped? I've just kind of gone with the with the belief, you know, that God is not called or qualified. He qualifies the called. 
Mm. So I think that if God's called me to it, he's going to give me what I need to get through it. Amen. And um, I honestly believe that. And I feel like that's been working so far. I, I, I don't try to walk into rooms and think that I know everything or, or assume that my way is the best way. I try to be open to input and to feedback. And there's a team of about eight or 10 of us. Um, for the most part, we're all volunteers. And and we, we try leading rally together. At, at the end of the day, I might be the one making the decision when it comes down to it, but we try to lead together. It's a real team effort. So leading those who are older than me, it's it's um it's it's interesting, but more than anything, it's it's been a blessing. That's awesome, man. That's super cool. Man, along those same lines of leadership, what's one of your favorite stories from the Bible about leadership that you kind of cling to and that you allow to guide you as you lead? That's a great question. I'm not sure if there's just one story that's really like defined my leadership. It's funny, we're talking about leadership. I feel like I'm 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 figuring it out as I'm going. By no means do I have the answer or the perfect leadership philosophy. I'm really just trying to figure it out play by play, moment by moment, decision by decision. Um, I think so far it's been working good, but that's all because of the grace of God, not because of any smarts or knowledge that I have. But a story that's been really ministering to me lately that I've just been studying in my own devotional life, I'm actually getting ready to preach at rally is um, really the, the story in the life of Daniel. Specifically, I've been reading chapter six where he's in the lion's den. I just kind of, I love those biblical narratives that are just kind of the ones we've all grown up with. If you've grown up in church and you've heard and you've loved, I, I really love studying those again as a young adult. And um, Dan, Daniel was really cool in that I feel like Daniel really fulfilled his purpose like he, he's one of those um, people in the Bible where he doesn't really have a bad side to his story. He really seemed to step into his calling in a unique way. And I think there's three reasons why Daniel fulfilled his purpose in such a seemingly complete way. I think the first reason is hard work. In Daniel chapter six, uh, he's getting ready to be promoted above all the other advisors in the kingdom of Babylon. I believe it's Babylon, um, because it says that he distinguished himself. It doesn't say how he distinguished himself or why he distinguished himself. It just says that he distinguished himself. And I think it's safe to assume he distinguished himself because he was willing to put in work that no one else did. So I'm like, dang, hard work, apparently, I think is kind of common sense. That That's important in order to be successful. It's important in order to be a leader. It's important in order to fulfill and step into your calling in a very real way. Second, Daniel was holy. And I think sometimes people get holiness infused with perfection. And while I think they're very much related, more than anything, I think holiness is it's battling for your purpose by protecting your purity. In, in scripture, holy means to be set apart. So if hard work is what sets you up for your purpose, holiness is what sets you apart for your purpose. Mm. And Daniel was never willing to compromise. He was never willing to give in, even when it came down to his diet. He did everything he possibly could to remain holy. And I truly believe that's why God blessed him and blessed him as a leader. And the third thing that I see in Daniel's life is that he was willing to embrace and experience hardship. I mean, the guy got put in a lion's den for crying out loud. Yeah. He was willing to pay price no matter what um, may happen to him. I mean, he, he wants to fulfill his purpose more than anything. And it says that he survived the lion's den because he trusted in the Lord. So for me, it's kind of the idea, like we were talking about earlier, maybe purpose, maybe 
Maybe the blessing God wants to give you, maybe the leadership God has given you is just as much about the people around you as it is about you. Like mm-hmm. in the end of Daniel chapter six, it's, it's, um, it's King Darius who ends up making a statement about how great God is, about yeah. how he's the one true God, how everyone should worship him. Like maybe it's how you lead that will, I mean, really impact someone else more than it will actually impact you. So that's kind of been convicting me lately too. Like, wow, maybe that's more important that I do a good job, not even just for my own success as a leader or to feel good about myself, but it's that way someone else around me can really be impacted and influenced for Christ. So yeah. to make a you know a long answer short, Daniel's really been helping me out lately. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that, Charlie. And I'm excited to hear that message whenever you come out with it, but that's that's good, man. That'll be encouraging <laughs> for our listeners. Man, as we close out today, I just want to say thank you for being a part of this. And I want to ask you one last question. What is any leadership advice that you have for young leaders like yourself, or maybe those who are younger than us, maybe those who are in high school or college or, or coming out? Man, we have graduations coming up. We have college students heading into the adult world. We have high school students heading off to college or their, their career. What a, a leadership advice do you have for these young and upcoming leaders? Man, like I said earlier, I'm still figuring all this out. But one thing that I can say confidently about leadership is that God blesses preparation. Be willing to put in the work. I think especially a lot of young adults, and I'm not trying to hate on anyone. You might get mad at me for saying this. <laughs> but I think too many young adults wait for their moment to make the most out of them rather than them making the most out of their moment. So you got to be willing to put in the work that no one else sees. Put in those extra reps. If you're a communicator, spend more time on your speech or your sermon. Get reps in on a stage. If you're a leader, make sure you make that meeting. Don't push it off. Don't cancel it. Don't delay it because you want to go do this or that. Make sure those small things happen because those small things, those extra reps in the end, they're going to pay dividends. And I think God really blesses preparation. I know he has at Rally and in my own life, and I believe he'll do the same for you. Charlie, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of this podcast. Thanks for sharing some cool stories of leadership experiences that have impacted you from those who have gone before you and those that we look up to. Thanks for sharing some of your own journey and how we're all learning in the process, man. We're in the same boat. If we're not learning, if we're not growing, we're dying. So we got to continue to learn and grow. We got to continue to seek more of God's glory in this world. I love your heart for South Florida. We're working shoulder to shoulder, man. And uh, let's keep going. Thanks again, Charlie. Thank you.